As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to the Athletic Soccer Show. My name is Mike Zimmerman and we have plenty of transfer news and rumors swirling around. But the biggest one so far is Dutch attacker Cody Hakbo to Liverpool. I'm joined by the Athletic's James Pierce to dive into the details. Now James, in the story written by yourself, Kivo O'Neill and the Athletic staff, you've reported that talk started on Christmas Eve and in the matter of 48 hours or so, PSV released a statement announcing the move, uh, which is $44.5 million, potentially rising with add-ons. How did this all happen so quickly? Yeah, well, I think, first of all, it's kind of testament to the kind of the structure at the club and how decisively and quickly they can move when, um, you know, in terms of making making key decisions. And this was certainly one of them, because as you said, it was it was Christmas Eve when those discussions started between Julian Ward, Liverpool's sporting director, and his his opposite number, Marcel Brands, at um, at PSV. And uh, Ward worked through Christmas Day, and he was actually at Villa Park for the game against Aston Villa on, on Boxing Day. And by then, essentially, the um, the structure of the deal was in place. And as you said, you know, a couple of hours after that that victory, it was all confirmed. So um, yeah, I think you know it's pr- you know pretty pretty ruthless in terms of the way they went about it in terms of once they had the green light from the owners in terms of the, the finances were there. Um, you know, earlier today, Klopp was talking about how he's a player he's admired for a, a long, long time. And he said, you know, he was, he was on their list. Um, I think, you know, what, what changed was, you know, first of all, the injuries to Diogo Jota and Luis Diaz meant that, you know, bringing in reinforcements in January suddenly did become a priority um, and also the fact that you know PSV made it made it known that they were open to the idea of doing business. It wasn't one of those situations, say with a Jude Bellingham, where a January transfer would just be impossible. Um, there was a deal there to be done, and with the other clubs sniffing around him as well, it was it was almost a case of now or never for Liverpool, and they mo- moved uh, very fast to get their man. Well, you mentioned that the injuries to Luis Diaz and Diogo Jota surely played a part, but was Diaz's further setback that extra push to get it done? 
Yeah, I believe so. I mean, I know Klopp actually earlier on today kind of played down a little bit the the influence that those injuries had had in in you know them deciding to to crack on with this deal. But um, yeah, it has to have played a part. I mean, you know, they play exactly the same position. I know, I know. One of the attractions for Liverpool with Gakpo is that you know he is versatile. You know, he's exactly what Liverpool love in an attacking player in terms of being able to play across the front line, um, multi-dimensional. Um, but but yeah, I mean Diaz is obviously you know that would if you asked any Liverpool fan middle of November why are you so confident that things will be different in the second half of the season they'd have said because we'll have Luis Diaz back and so for him to only you know, what was it two days I think he was back in full training in Dubai before he broke down knee surgery not expected to play again until March you know when you throw into the mix Jota not expected to play again until February um, you know by the time if, if Liverpool waited until they were back. Then you know they. Chances are, I think they they'd be too far adrift in terms of that race for the top four, and um, and I, th- I think it's reassuring this deal. The fact that you know there was a lot of talk when you know we revealed on the Athletic that FSG were were really stepping up their pursuit a new investment, whether that's selling a minority stake or a full takeover. Um, and you know the feedback I got from FSG then was that you know during this process it will be business as usual. It's not going to be a case of you know closing the purse strings and we're not willing to to spend because we want the balance sheet to look as good as possible for any potential buyers. Um, and I think this kind of shows they're true to their word on that regard. And it, and it makes I think for me business sense as well because um, they will know only too well FSG that um, you know Liverpool remaining a Champions League club is is absolutely key for a whole load of reasons. You know you know not just for the club's finances but in terms of being attractive to to potential buyers, so um, I think Liverpool certainly feel that bringing in someone of Gagpo's quality, who did very well at the World Cup, and you know what is it? Something like I think it's nine goals and a dozen assists in fourteen Eredivisie games so far this season. They they think he can he can help them make up that gap on the top four and and retain that place amongst Europe's elite. I I want to talk about Gagpo's fit in this Liverpool squad. But first, I kind of want to talk about the the transfer approach with, within Liverpool. We've seen Michael Edwards come and go. Uh, Julian Ward is expected to leave. But, you know, this revolving door of, of sporting directors and, and executives, we, we've had the constant of Liverpool kind of being quiet, getting things done very easily. What, what, what's that constant within Liverpool, that that it seems no matter who's in charge, things just seem to go very smoothly. Is is it Jurgen Klopp that's kind of spearheading that? Yeah, I think Klopp is a big part of it because I think if you look at at any club, you know, you, I think Liverpool do have that stability that is the envy um, of a lot of other rivals, and, and and yeah, Klopp is, you know, his influence is huge in terms of that process. But I also think you. Know, you know there is a degree of turbulence at Liverpool. There's no getting away from that. With you know a, a potential change of ownership on the horizon, as you said, Julian Ward has has essentially handed in his notice, but is working till the end of the season. Um, but I, I think I think they really believe in the structure they've got. And although you know there are those changes, you know either already happened or about to happen in the background. You know the a lot of other key figures are, are still constants. There, Klopp is a big one. You've got uh, Barry Hunter and Dave Fallows, who are other key senior recruitment figures. Um, and kind of the profile and the, the background work that goes into identifying these players, that doesn't change. Um, and despite the fact, you know, we've reported on the fact that you know, Mike Gordon, the FSG president, 
has taken a step back in terms of influence day to day in the running of the club. But he's you know he him and Tom Werner and John W Henry they still they still have their ultimate say when it comes to the financial decisions. I know you know Billy Hogan has taken on more responsibilities, but this is it's not like suddenly there's been a real change in the chain of command and and that's complicated things. And I think this this proves it. I think um, you know Gakpo probably I think without the injuries um, to Jota and Diaz, and I think you know if unless PSV were willing to do business at a decent price, it would have been one that was on the back burner until the summer. Um, and that's why there, there are real parallels with, with the Diaz deal from 12 months earlier, because, um, you know, again, you know, 12 months ago, it looked like Liverpool weren't going to do anything in the window. And then, you know, Tottenham were very close to getting a deal for Diaz in place and they had to move smartly to outwit them. And, and now they've done the same thing to, to win the race for Gagpo. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Now, switching back onto the pitch, um, we mentioned uh, the Diaz and Jota injuries. Now, uh, Roberto Firmino is, is a little banged up. Do we expect Hakpo to, to play mostly on that left wing? Um, and, and if so, what's going to be the, the best formation for when all these players do come back and, and everybody is fully fit? Because that's a lot of attacking talent to try and fit in. Yeah, I, I think it's probably difficult to say at the minute because I think the big unknown is you know, which category will Gagpo fit into? Will he be a Diaz that arrives and within weeks looks like he was born to be a Liverpool player, born to be a Klopp player and just lights the place up? Um, or will he be more of a Darwin Nunes who clearly is a is a project and a work in progress and someone who's needing some time, understandably, to adjust to his new surroundings? So um, I think... Yeah, I think Gagpo certainly has been bought primarily to play left side. But, you know, as Klopp was saying earlier on today, he he, he thinks in a 4-3-3 he can play, you know, anywhere across the front line. He said it was a 4-2-3-1. He could play as the 10, he can play as the 9, he can play right-hand side if needs be. Um, so, you know, similar in a way to someone like Jota, because, you know, again, Jota's played a lot of his football for Liverpool on that left. Yeah, you know, he's also done a job on the right. He's played through the middle as well and um so yeah i think it's just exciting for liverpool that to, to to have that kind of other option um especially with those you know the diaz and 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 jota injuries and i and i think also you know it, it's like the next step in the evolution of that front line of Klopp's team because you know certainly rewind what two years and you know we were liverpool fans were talking about how you know the the long established and long running front three of of Salamane Firmino were all you know knocking on thirty and all had contracts that ran out at the same point. You know what what would that 
where would that lead to in terms of you know how how would you possibly kind of evolve and and replace them you know knowing that it would cost huge sums of money and I think you'd have to say that Liverpool have been pretty cute so far in the way that they've they've done that with um you know the out of the out of that three that I mentioned you know keeping Salah was always going to be the priority they managed to do that by making him the highest paid player in the club's history last summer um Mane wanted to move on so they you know they got 30 odd million pounds back into the coffers for selling him and and now obviously we're waiting to see what happens with Firmino Klopp said today that you know, but I think, I think you know it's bound to be one of those things that people talk about off the back of the Gagpo news. What does it mean for Roberto Firmino? You know, thirty-one out of contract next summer could sign a pre-contract agreement with a an overseas club from January the first. But Klopp was adamant that those discussions are still ongoing, and he's made it very clear that he wants Firmino to stay um, and sign an extension. So um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fascinating to see how how Klopp does juggle all those resources. But of course. You know, Liverpool are, are still competing in three competitions. Um, you know, as as we speak, and 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 certainly, I think you can see it's almost future proofing that front line really now. With you know, Gagpo is is twenty three, Nunes is twenty three, Diaz twenty five, Jota twenty six. Um, you know, it's it's almost kind of that kind of the next the 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 next stage under under Klopp. You know, he's kind of built one iconic team that won the biggest prizes and this is another piece in hopefully building a, a second great team. Well, we, we're starting to see that new wave of attacking players brought in for Liverpool. One area we haven't really seen additions to is the midfield. And, and you had written a story on The Athletic kind of um, talking about Liverpool's biggest needs. Uh, obviously, Jude Bellingham is is the is the number one target, but like as you mentioned, that's not likely going to happen, or any move for him going to happen this winter. It, are there any targets we can expect um, Liverpool to go after in January to address the midfield needs? Uh, you know, Fenway Sports Group did mention that business as usual will continue, but is going after another player considered business as usual or, or or is the hackball move kind of the only one that 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 we can expect yeah i think um that's the fascinating thing at the moment to see what else if anything does does happen in january Klopp was very non-committal when spoke when he when he was asked about it today as you'd imagine giving giving nothing away um because i think you're right i think if you asked most liverpool fans a week ago if they, you know, they'd say that the midfield was the priority for them, you know, not really another um, attacking option. But, you know, I think, I think, as we said, you know, with Gagpo, it's slightly different because he was one on the list for the summer and they've, they've brought that forward um, because it was, you know, they, he, he was available and they knew that they weren't going to, they weren't going to be able to sit tight to the summer. Um, yeah, I think f- for me, they, they, they really do have to do something in terms of that midfield um, during this this window, um, but whether they will or not, I think that is that is very much up in the air. Certainly, we know that Jude Bellingham is the top target, but that that's just not even possible in in January. Um, just yeah, it's just not one I I see happening. Um, and you know they've been linked with a whole host of other midfielders, but um, there's certainly nothing concrete in terms of. Um, expecting them to make a move at the minute. Um, but, you know, clearly there is a big midfield revamp 
that is, you know, if it doesn't start this month, then they're going to be leaving them. Sorry, if it doesn't start over the next month, then um, they're going to leave themselves an awful lot to do next summer because you can have a situation next summer where, you know, Oxlade Chamberlain and Cater both, you know, expected to depart on free transfers. You know, I think common sense probably says that James Milner will as well. Um, he'd be 37. Um, so that's, you know, that, that midfield area is in real need of reinforcements. And also, I think anyone who's watched Liverpool regularly this season will know, you know, that has been the area where they've struggled to control games and dictate the tempo and um, because they've been too easy to, to cut through in that in that department. So, um, yeah, I hope they're not finished for the uh, for the January window. But, um, yeah, not not too not. It's not the situation is not really that clear at this moment. Well, this is certainly a situation that's going to continue to unfold um, over the next 30 or so days. Uh, you can read all of James's work and Liverpool coverage on The Athletic. James, thank you so much for your time today. Cheers, Michael.